It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. Greeny with Mike Greenberg, the podcast. All right, back and better than ever. Greeny, as we continue to roll along here, an interesting question comes up. And we'll get back to this college thing in a minute because that continues to be the thing that I find the most fascinating that's going on. I think it has the most far-reaching implications and everything else. But we were just talking a moment ago here about the reports yesterday from our old friend Diana Rossini that the Jets told Zach Wilson they wanted him to come back and play, and he was hesitant to take the ball back. And I guess I would ask, would you... Sitting where you sit, maybe we can go through each of the different places you could be. So if you are one of his teammates, if you are a decision maker from another team, you might have different perspective. Let's just start with you being you. You, Hembo, sitting here just being a sports fan. Would you lose respect for Zach Wilson if knowing what we know, which is to say they took the ball away from him, Again, it's been what it's been. The team has been what it is. The offensive line is what it is. And he just said, you know what? I'm going to be somewhere else next year. I don't want to get hurt. I'm not going back in and playing with this nonsense. Would you lose respect for him for having that position? Yes, I would lose respect. I would lose whatever respect I had left for Zach Wilson because this is a professional athlete earning millions of dollars to play quarterback if asked to play quarterback, if available to play quarterback. So long as Zach Wilson is healthy, so long as Zach Wilson is receiving his paycheck, if his coach tells him that you're going to provide us the best opportunity to win, if his coach tells him you're going to play quarterback for us this week, then you should play quarterback for the Jets this week. And if he's not, and if he doesn't want to, it needs to be explained to me how that could be justified because I cannot drum up a circumstance in which it could be justified or explained away. Can you? No. I mean, I, I, I can't. I understand why he might feel that way. How? Well, why? I think he, he feels like his time with the organization is over. His chance of having a National Football League career is dwindling. The idea that someone is going to bring him in this offseason even to compete for a starting job somewhere is unlikely. He's probably being brought in to be a backup somewhere and just hope for an opportunity. And because there's not a lot of value in being that guy, then if you're trying to do it with a broken leg or something like that, it's going to make it that much less likely. Which is to say, if he gets hurt in the next five or six weeks, it could easily be the end of his career. So that's what you're saying. It's the, it's the injury risk. Yeah. That's the thing. I mean, yeah, of course. I mean, have you seen And you the- shouldn't play football for a living. Well, with all due respect, Zach, if if if, if by chance you don't want to play because you're afraid you're going to get hurt, then then you can do something else if you would like, but you can't be a football player. I mean, that's kind of like on the list of things that could happen. Right. You might get hurt. I understood. Now, again, I'm I'm playing devil's advocate Please. more than I am defending his position, but if the organization for which you might get hurt has basically said to you, you are not in our plans. Mm-hmm. We are done with you, and we're going. you are going to be somewhere else going forward. And now says, because things have gone badly for us here, 
we need you to come back and do this and run that risk you're talking about. Does that change the dynamic at all? Perhaps, um, because I would be full mix as to why an organization would do that or say that or owe it to a player to do that or say that. Zach Wilson is in a 20-year jet that has earned the ability to, to exit the ramp as he wishes. Zach Wilson has been an abject bust for the Jets, and so long as he's on the team, he should be he should do what he's asked to do. I mean, has Zach Wilson earned the right to land softly and go elsewhere? Has he given his... His, his blood, sweat, and tears, his life to this organization over the course of decades? I mean, what goodwill has Zach Wilson accrued to deserve that right? What well, am I answer, missing? The answer is none. Uh, the answer is none. He, he, has, he has generally, I think, alienated practically everyone around him, or at least that was the case last year. I think Rodgers likes him, and I think Rodgers liking him goes a long way towards informing how everyone else reacts to him and feels about him. Here's an interesting scenario. Someone brought this up. I, I promised I was not going to get sidetracked by a lot of jet stupidity here because the team is just not worth no, talking this is, about. This is pretty fascinating, honestly. This is an interesting situation. If the Jets lose the rest of their games, do they fire their coach? Hmm. Every other team in the NFL would. He's been the head coach three years. His record is right now 16 games under 500 in three years. And if he loses all the rest of his games, he would finish this year, what are they, 4-7 and seven four and, eight. Four and 8? So he would finish, let's call it 4-13. and 13. So he would be like 20 games under 500 for his career through three seasons with everything looking about as bad as it can possibly look. Under mo- normal circumstances, that guy probably gets fired, right? If you're 15 and 36 through three NFL seasons, you're not getting a fourth season. Right. I mean, almost never. You could probably look that up somewhere. But the Aaron Rodgers of it all makes everything different because unless you're willing to, A, fire Robert Sala and elevate Nathaniel Hackett, or B, fire Robert Sala and Nathaniel Hackett, then what you're doing is you're getting rid of Robert Sala, and you're going out into the marketplace with the least attractive head coaching job in the history of football. You're basically trying to find someone who will take that job and accept Nathaniel Hackett as your head, as your offensive coordinator. Anyone with options, and there were going to be six, seven, eight options, it, the league is going to be flooded with firings this year. We've already had, what, two? Right, Carolina on the Raiders, and there's a ton more coming down the pike. Chargers, Bears, Washington, Washington. I mean, and there's always some you don't see coming. There, there will be a minimum of six or There'll seven. Be half a dozen, like almost every year. Uh, yeah, and and maybe even more than usual. So if you're a coach who has any option, and we're offering you this, come coach the Jets. We have a really good defense. We have Nathaniel Hackett as your offensive coordinator. And we have Aaron Rodgers, who will turn 41 coming off of an Achilles injury as your quarterback. Who's taking that job? I think that there would be people that would coach the Jets merely because Aaron Rodgers is their quarterback. And that a 40-something Aaron Rodgers is still Aaron Rodgers. And it's still a top 10 defense by, by most metrics. The problem, of course, is the Nathaniel Hackett of it all. And I think in a sober moment, Aaron Rodgers would have to acknowledge that moving forward with he and potentially even Robert Sala would be undermining himself and undermining his teammates. I mean, Rodgers protects his guys and gets his guys paid. But if Aaron Rodgers is, is, is as out for himself as he should be and as I expect he would be, 
Don't you think in an honest moment he can acknowledge, yeah, it's probably best that this organization move on from these guys? No. You don't think that? I don't think he wants them to move on from Nathaniel Hackett. I think that's his guy, and not just because he likes him. I think he believes he's the right offensive coach for him. (coughs) And I do not think he'd be. Now, I want to make this 100% clear. I'm not having conversations with him about this. I'm not telling you what he has said or, to my knowledge, has said to anyone. When I knew what he was saying, I told you. on this. I've been telling you for six weeks on this radio show he was talking about coming back on December 24th because I knew that. I have no idea how he feels about their coaching situation going forward, and I'm not trying to represent it as though I do. But what I am telling you is what I think is that he wants Nathaniel Hackett to be the offensive coach, and I don't think those things go together Unless Hackett becomes the head coach, I don't think that you can fire Robert Sala. I just don't know who's coming in there to coach that team with that guy. And I don't think that's who he wants. This I feels... think they run it back with they, – they bring in a whole new offensive line. They use literally every draft pick they have on offensive linemen. They try to trade for Devontae Adams, which I don't know. I keep hearing people say is an, as a possibility. And you go forward basically with the plan you had this year, it's, and you hope for the best. It feels like a run it back. It feels like a run it back. That's what it is. If if Aaron Rodgers has as much power and, and, and influence as we think, and if the things that we think he wants, he wants, then I don't think you're going to see the Jets look any different next year. At that, least not in the big ways. So if you're a fan of that team, is that the right or the wrong thing for them to do? I mean, I need to be asking you that question. I'm asking you because <laughs> I can't make up my own mind. So you're conflicted about this. I'm thoroughly conflicted about this. I thought Aaron Rodgers represented the best chance the Jets had to do something really special in decades, literally at least a decade. And I'm not convinced that that isn't still true. Meaning starting all over again, I don't even know what that looks like. Are you starting all over again from or with Garrett Wilson and Brees Hall and all these young players on defense. If so, who are you starting over with? Who's your quarterback? The Jets are just too good. They won too many games early to draft Caleb Williams, I would think, or Drake May or one of these other guys. So who becomes the quarterback? What better option do you have than him? Let me ask you a question. Because so, I, I believe Robert Sala to be a, a good man, a, a good defensive mind, and a bad head coach. And that is an opinion based on a variety of factors. But as I survey the landscape of the NFL right now, and I see teams figuring out ways to win with their backup quarterbacks, and I see the extent to which the Jets have failed miserably the last two years to win with the quarterbacks that they have had, it's hard for me to sit here and say, okay, we can give you another pass. Like, we just saw Jake Browning light it up last night. I'm going to see Gardner Minshew start a playoff game. I'm going to see Joe Flacco start a playoff game. I think to just ascribe this season and check it off to, oh, Aaron Rodgers got hurt. Let's run it back. I think is extremely dismissive of the fact that this is your job to create a scenario in which you maximize your team's chances to win if something bad or something really bad happens. The Jets aren't in a unique position. The Jets are in a, candidly, pretty normal position when surveying the landscape of the league. Half the teams in the sport are dealing with something like this, and they've handled it about as badly as any of them, and they have a top-flight defense that could theoretically at least account for some of that. I agree, which is why this is so difficult, because what is a better option going forward than Rodgers? I'm incorporating getting rid of what you currently have with losing him, whether it's just spiritually or literally. And those two amount to essentially the same thing at this stage. So 
If you told me the option is keep Rodgers but make all those changes, well, hell yes, I would. Let him choose who he wants. But I don't think that's what he wants. Again, I ascribe that to just my own opinion sitting at a distance. I don't know it to be true. But I don't – I believe he wants it to come back. Mm -hmm. I believe he wants this same team back again, this same chance, these same people back again. At least I don't know how much attachment he feels to Salah. But I don't think you can fire Salah without firing Hackett. Well, what kind of attachment does he have to Alan Lazard and Randall Cobb? Because I believe Aaron Rodgers to be a first ballot Hall of Fame quarterback and a really bad GM. Yeah, maybe. Randall Cobb was never brought in to be a significant player. He was brought in to be Rodgers' friend. Alan Lazard has been a colossal disappointment bordering on disaster, but I I have to believe he would have been better if Rodgers was the quarterback. Everything would have been better if Rodgers was the quarterback. And the team would be better if anyone else were its offensive coordinator. And that was Rodgers' guy, too. I don't know that to be true. I mean, I don't know that to be true because they didn't have Nathaniel Hackett last year and the offense was just as bad. I think that, unfortunately, the quarterbacks are just that bad. If they gave them Jake Browning, I think they'd look a little better. This is what happens... When you take a stab at a quarterback in the draft and you miss this badly and you aren't willing to admit it. So what San Francisco got right, which is they went after Trey Lance, they put everything they had into it, they realized they'd gotten it wrong, and they cut ties and moved on. That's the opposite of what the Jets have done. The Jets have continued trying to make the Zach Wilson thing work, and it has killed them. In the end, it was the Jets' decision not to give... Zach Wilson, a representative backup, that will wind up undermining the whole season, and that is the fault, at least in part, of someone we've not even said yet, Joe Douglas. So (laughs) there's plenty of blame to spread around. It's hard to believe we started this conversation with a point where we're asking ourselves, should Zach Wilson be volunteering to play or not? That's the circus that you find yourself in as a Jets fan. I can't see any circumstance under which you justify keeping Joe Douglas. I'm not sure what the circumstances are where you do that. Once again, unless... Aaron Rodgers just says he wants you to. If anyone deserves not to have that job, their job anymore, it's him. So you he think he might be the one that goes if someone has to go? Yeah, I, I would assume so. I, I mean, I find it very tough to picture. This is his mess, right? I mean, everyone else is just trying to clean it up. The thing is, I think he's probably been better at his job than the others have been at theirs. But in, 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 when things like this happen, there's always a fall guy. All right, we will talk about all this as we continue. In the meantime, it is time for today's Sneaky Hembo. Oh, you're going to love this question, Greeny. Okay. My question for you is this. Which NFL quarterback has the most losses as a favorite this season? I hate that question. <laughs> you did You did the most wins as an underdog this season this morning, and it was Jordan Love. And, and I, I don't think that is – I hate this question, but it's, I'll – It's not even trivia. It's not trivia. It is very trivial. No, it's not. Yeah, but, but it's trivial. not trivial. Yeah. <laughs> so say it again. Who's got the most losses as a favorite? Mm-hmm. Fascinating question. The answer is next on ESPN Radio. Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. 
Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. We all carry around different stressors. I do, you do, we all do. Big, small. And when we keep them bottled up, as I sometimes have had happen in the past, it can start to affect us negatively. Therapy is a safe space to get things off your chest and to figure out how to work through whatever's weighing you down. It's helpful for learning positive coping skills and how to set boundaries. It empowers you to be the best version of yourself. It isn't just for those who have experienced major trauma. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists anytime for no additional charge. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash Greeny, G-R-E-E-N-Y. For the ones who get it done, Granger offers high-quality supplies and solutions for every industry, as well as access to product specialists who have the knowledge and experience to answer your toughest questions. Plus, their commitment to being your safety partner can help you keep your facility safe and your people safer. Call clickgranger.com or just stop by. Greeny, the podcast. Wow, okay, and how are your trivia skills? This is Sneaky Himbo Trivia. Regular sneaky or extra sneaky? All right, we all hate the question, but whatever. It is what it is. What is today's trivia question, Hembo? Fascinating. Which NFL quarterback has the most losses as a favorite, as a betting favorite, this season? So for what it's worth, the reason Hembo did this is because on television this morning, he asked the question, which quarterback has the most wins as a betting underdog? The answer proved to be um, the answer proved to be um, Jordan, Jordan Love. Love. And we all criticized the question because it's uninteresting. It's not really trivia. And it's just terrible in every way that a question can be terrible. And because Hembo is just the worst, he decided, I'll take a question just as bad and bring it to radio. Let's double down. Show them. <laughs> so anyway, that is the question. Uh, what do you believe is the answer, Bubba? I am going to go with Josh Allen. Oh. That's who I was going to go with, too. Okay, I'm going to go with Josh Allen as well. I had one other name in mind. Cam, who is your guy? Cam, who's your guy? Yeah, that's that's the one I thought of, and then I'm going to go with the guy who I assume has been a favorite in every game and has lost a few. That's Patrick Mahomes. Okay, that was the other guy. I was, I was thinking between the two of them. So I'm going to go. we got two Allens and a Mahomes. If it's Mahomes, I'm going to be enraged. I also, Allen, th- I also thought about Justin Herbert. I'm going to be mad if it's him. Allen oh. and Mahomes are tied for second. Oh, okay. no. The quarterback with the most... Such losses is Derek Carr. Derek Carr has lost six Who games cares? as a betting what? favorite this season. A fascinating question and even more fascinating answer. The least interesting team in the NFL. God. It's a terribly uninteresting question about a terribly uninteresting player on a terribly uninteresting team. Take us out of the podcast. Outside of that, I love it. That's exactly right. Our podcast numbers are going to drop. No one can hear this. It's just awful. So are you telling me that our audience, when they're looking at who to bet on this week, they they won't say to themselves, oh, I heard that awesome note on the radio. I'm not going to bet. Isn't he hurt He's injured. He's injured, but he's coming back. It's not a season ender. I don't think he's even playing. I'm pretty sure he's injured. It's not a season ender. 
No, but it's a weekender. He's but this particular week, <laughs> they can't bet on him. Status. You're suggesting that three weeks from now, someone's going to think back. You know, I heard Hembo say Derek Carr stinks as a favorite. You know what? There will be one. And that one is all that I need. That's the worst answer. And I hope I've he wins heard. that game. All right. I want to get on to something else here. We got Alabama against Michigan, we got Texas. Uh, against um, Washington, and that, those are the semifinals that we have. And, of course, that met with great um, disillusionment and more in the northern portion of the state of Florida yesterday, among others. I will say this, too. I'm not a going viral kind of guy. That's not really my style. Stephen A. goes viral all the time because he gets exercised about things. Uh, McAfee goes viral all the time. I don't go viral very often. The last time I checked, between Twitter and Instagram, the rant that I had, and that's just those two sources. I don't even know where else these things exist. But the rant that I had on Florida State on TV yesterday, the last time I checked had, between those two, had well over 5 million views. So people are very, very into this story. And I feel like I was one of very few people on the right side of this debate. And for the life of me, I can't understand how anyone is on the other side. And I will just say this once to finish it up. Heather Dinich has an outstanding column on ESPN.com in which she writes that one of the sources said to her, people may not believe it, but we don't say, oh, gosh, if we vote this way, the SEC is going to be left out. That never came up ever. We literally look at teams, put them up against each other and say, who did they beat? Who did they not beat? Who have they beaten on the road? Watch their strength of schedule. Look at the matrix and all the data. That, my friends, is an absolutely terrible answer. They did this for one reason and one reason only, and that is because they were trying to create the best Final Four that they could. I do not believe, while I understand how this has opened them up to all of this um, criticism of SEC bias and everything else, I really don't believe they went into it thinking, well, no matter what, we have to have an SEC team in there. I really don't believe that. I understand why people think it, but I genuinely don't believe it. I think they went into it saying... We want to make the four, the two best games, I guess the three best games, between the semifinals and the finals. And I will merely say, do you know where they do that? Professional wrestling. Professional wrestling is where they say, let's put together the best possible matchup. Let's put together exactly what our fans want. It doesn't make any difference. They're not pretending that this is all earned and merit and real. That's why it's such a ridiculously successful business, because they're able to give you the exact storyline you want. And you say to yourself sometimes, why can't sports be like this? And the reason is because in sports, you're supposed to earn something. This isn't a tournament that you qualify for. These are the teams with a chance to win a championship. The only reasonable way to choose who those four teams should be is based on what they accomplished. You can't do it based on what you think will happen going forward. When did we ever allow ourselves to believe that that was okay in sports? I don't understand for the life of me how anyone can say, well, Alabama-Michigan is a much better game than Florida State-Michigan would be, so let's take Florida State out and put Alabama in. That's a terrible reason to do it. Again, the metrics say it is Texas, not Alabama, who should have been out. Despite Texas beating Alabama, the metrics say Alabama's strength of record was higher, greater, better, whatever term it is, than Texas's. 
It would have sucked to put them ahead of Texas because Texas beat them. But such is life. Something was going to suck no matter how you did this. So if you want to change something in the system, change the criteria. I don't know what they are and I don't care. What a human being should do is decide these are the ways we are going to go about breaking ties. You essentially had six teams that all had legitimate claims to getting in to this tournament. And the only reasonable and fair way amongst those teams is to say which four of them earned it. And there are metrics. There is data. Despite them telling Heather that we, quote, looked at the matrix and all the data, I would respond, what matrix and what data? What data did you look at? You only looked at things going forward. Heather actually said one of them told her today we looked at their average yards per play on Saturday night. That person should be dismissed from this committee immediately. That's how we used to judge football back in 1957. (laughs) So unless you were considering putting Otto Graham into the playoff this year, I'm not sure what the hell that has to do with anything. If we are going to stop allowing the teams that earn it over the course of a regular season to have a chance to play for the championship, then we really have become figures. Excuse me. We have become boxing. We have become wrestling. We have become places where business just dictates everything. And how did college football get to be that? So again, I don't think they did it because they were afraid of leaving out the SEC. I totally understand why people say that. I can't tell you I know it for certain, But I I believe they didn't. I believe they thought the best four teams to give you the best three games are the ones they chose. And I will say again, that is a ridiculous reason to give teams a chance to play for the championship. I will say this, though. It's it's your buddy um, Nick Khan that runs the WWE. Is that right? Yes, he is the CEO. So if he had been on the committee and they had asked him what they should do, he would have said something approximating, let's put Nick Saban the greatest college football coach of all time. Let's pit him up against Jim Harbaugh, one of the biggest celebrities in the sport whose program is embroiled in scandal. Let's put it, put that in the Rose Bowl and watch the sunset over the San Gabriel because that's what's happening. Right. And we're all going to watch it. We're all going to love it. It's the most attractive game maybe in the history of the college football playoff. I agree with that completely. When you consider all of the circumstances, the turmoil surrounding Harbaugh, I think it is... You could make a pretty convincing argument that it's the most attractive game that they've ever created. I can look this up, but I think it will probably be the most watched game in the history of the college football playoff, and perhaps for even longer back. Like I'll, I'll do that research, but that's what they've done here. To cite the 3.4 yards per play stat, like, and for that to be an on-the-record thing, candidly, undermines the whole credibility of the whole operation because I'm a person that that lives in the numbers like I I reside in this world and so I know how to interpret them in some cases how to make them in all cases how to interpret them for that to be like an overwhelming data point in determining something is ludicrous so what should the data be the whole body of work for every team in the in the field but you got to remember Florida State played that game with its third-string quarterback, not the guy that would be playing in the Rose Bowl, by right. the way. So that's an important thing to note. There are also way better ways to evaluate a team's offense, if you wanted to, than the amount of yards per play that they gained in a game in which their defense was dominating, so they played conservatively on purpose. So, like, I don't know why a coach in that room didn't say, guys, you know, this is actually not that big of a deal. That is, like, 
one one millionth of the kind of thing that you could be considering in deciding which four teams belong in a tournament of this kind. So the question is this. If slash when these games do monster ratings, and they will, Texas, monster following, Alabama, monster following, Michigan, monster following, and even Washington brings in a whole other, while they don't have anywhere near the national following the others do, they bring in the West Coast in a different way. It's the last year of the Pac-12 as we know it. That creates a nice storyline. But even just the geographic piece of it, Texas gives you the Southwest, and, and Alabama gives you the Southeast, and Michigan gives you the whole Midwest. It's as good as it could possibly be. What they, If they were to look you in the face and say, that justifies the decision. You're proving my point for me. <laughs> we're a sport here. We're, we're a sport. We're not just a business. Now you've really made us just a business. We're just a business. If we're just in the business of putting together the two best games that we can, okay, that's fine. You want to be that? Then you really have become boxing. You really have become the WWE. I'm not knocking those things. They have their place. They have their place. The WWE is the most, it might be the most popular um, entertainment vehicle that is tangentially connected to sports that we've ever had in this country. And with Nick running it, it is more successful than it has ever been. That's great. Everyone who loves that loves it. And God bless them. I grew up loving it myself. But that's not what we're talking about. Like this is college football. These are teams that are supposed to have earned themselves a right and chance to play for a championship. I would have had a whole lot more respect for it if someone had said, I believe what Alabama accomplished, I believe what Texas accomplished was greater than what Florida State accomplished. I would disagree, but at least they'd have a real perspective instead of saying we're allowed to project ahead to what we think these games are going to be. My answer would be, why? We did that selectively. Greeny, yeah. our models say, and the committee is looking at similar things, that both wa- that, that Washington would Washington, undefeated Washington, would be a neutral field underdog to 10 teams in college football. So when, the, when you're talking about projecting, they're only doing that selectively. They're only doing that for Florida State. Like they're not electing to do that for all the other teams because then Texas and potentially Washington, would both have been in peril. By the way, I did look this up. Um, the highest uh, rated college football uh, games since the start of the BCS, the number one is the 2006 Rose Bowl between Texas and USC. Yeah. The Vince Young game did 35.5 million viewers. Second was the Ohio State-Oregon game, the advent of the CFP in 2014. That game did 34 million viewers. I think there's a really good chance that the Rose Bowl this year beats both of them. It might. I mean, and, and good for them. And I'll watch it. Don't get me wrong. I'm not sitting here telling you I'm not dying to see it. Let me ask you a question. Jim Harbaugh is a megastar. He's a superstar. He coaches Michigan. Mm -hmm. Nick Saban is a megastar. He's a superstar. He coaches Alabama. If one of them was the coach of Florida State instead of Mike Norvell, who is obviously a well-respected coach, seems like a good guy, I think he's handled this well, and clearly has done a great job, but could walk down the street right now and no one would know who he was. If Jim Harbaugh or, or Nick Saban was the coach of that team, would they be in the playoff now? Probably. And that's incredibly sad and incredibly disingenuous. And even if no one in that room said it, everyone thought it, everyone thinks it. The idea that the, the, the conference in which Alabama plays 
had nothing to do with the fact that Alabama got in, candidly, is ludicrous. Even if no one said it, we all are operating under these assumptions. We know that's the best league. We know these are the best coaches. So even if no one said these things out loud, we all have our biases built in, and it's impossible to remove things that happened before, things that happened in previous years, things that should not impact this year to impact the way that you think about these teams because we're humans, and that's why humans should have no say in the matter. Yeah. I mean, and and it just keeps coming back to the players for me. I mean, even at a time when they no longer can screw the players in college football the way they did for 100 years, they still found a way to screw them. (laughs) (laughs) They did. They still found a way to do it. And, and, And look, I'll give them credit for at least one thing. They were willing to do the hardest thing to justify. The easiest thing to justify would be to put Florida State in there ahead of either Alabama or Texas. Mm -hmm. That would have been easy to explain. Well, they didn't lose a game. What do you want from me? They did the harder one to justify. The Texas players would have been disappointed if they didn't get in. The Alabama players would have been disappointed if they didn't get in. But neither of them, none of them could have said, we had this stolen from us, taken from us. I think these Florida State players can believe that. And oh, by the way, do not tell me that if Georgia beats Florida State badly, that means it justified this decision. It does not. It did not. It doesn't have anything to do with it. It it is actually reinforcing my point that what we have become now is, is, who is it that makes fights? Like Who in boxing decides? Like the WBC, the WBA, I don't know. Whoever it is that decides, we're going to put this challenger up against this champ this time for this reason and that reason because it's what the fans want or there's the most money to be made or whatever it is. That's what this just became, and that is not what this sport was supposed to be. Yeah, terribly ashamed, and that is, with my opinion, remaining that Alabama's way better than Florida State, that Georgia's way better than Florida State. It's an unfortunate situation, but when you are living in a world in which we play games and you have a team that wins all of its games and the committee selectively uses this clause in their bylaws to create this sort of loophole— it is terribly ashamed, and I don't think there's any way that, that that fan base and those players will ever get over this decision, even though 40 million people are going to watch the game still. Oh, by the way, the fact that, and Heather told us today, I did not previously know this, that the voting is done by secret ballot. Hmm. So we know who the people on the committee are. We don't know how they voted. They don't know how they voted. If you and I were on the committee and we were sitting next to each other, you wouldn't see my vote and I wouldn't see yours. They're done by secret ballot. Hmm. What the hell is the point of that? What purpose is that serving? Where is that lack of transparency helping the process here? What are these government secrets? I yearn for the day of the BCS. What what are we doing? People, what are we doing? All right, we will come back. I think that we have caught the cookie thief. At least that's what I'm being led to believe. That's good news on a day that we could really desperately use some. So we'll get to that and more in just a moment on ESPN Radio. Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal, and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today.
Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Go to jetspizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jets' signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jets Pizza. Better because it has to be. Greeny, the podcast. Greeny with you here on ESPN Radio. Hashtag crew is assembled around us. And before we bring in a very special guest... Let us just try and get to the bottom of what happened here. I have pointed out that I think the members of the hashtag crew might qualify as among the stupidest people in the entire world. And part of the reason for that is because we seem to have a cookie theft going on last week. Now, I'll reset the stage. Christine Lisi, who is just the nicest person in the world, she's more like a stuffed animal than a human being. She's so sweet. She bakes cookies and things like that for the staff all the time. And so one day last week, it sounds like, she baked cookies for everyone, left them out. Someone who does not work in the department walked by, just scooped up a bunch of them and kept on walking. The idea that Bubba and Cam had, their genius idea for catching this thief, was to follow this person, yeah. try and, in following him, figure out what his name is, yep. then right. go onto the computer portal, print out the picture that is on his ID, because those are all on the portals, and post them all over the radio area saying, do not allow this person to take the cookies. Good idea. Well, we were trying to take a picture of him too. Well, it, it, well obviously we not, because you followed right him all. You followed him to the calf and somehow failed to take a picture of him. Why is I that? I didn't. Cam did. Well, why didn't. could you not take a picture of him in the calf, Cam? I didn't want him to notice me. Why? You don't want thieves to know that they're about to be caught. Why? You know? We didn't want to go right up to him and yeah, just put a on. camera in his face. Just this take a picture. This isn't TMZ. In the meantime, at, on my rundown today, it says the ESPN Radio cookie thief situation has been unceremoniously resolved. What does that mean? Yeah, nowhere near the excitement that we were setting up with our sting operation, but mm. uh, he did come by yesterday. This is also not a one-time thing. He does this like almost every day. He came by yesterday, takes two brownies or, or uh, whatever Christine had out. Our producer of Freddie and Harry, Shannon, confronted him said hey those are for radio employees you can take one if you'd like but taking two taking three is is a little too much and that was it so he confronted him like an adult nowhere near the fun we were and what did what what, what did the thief say i think he said okay sounds good and that was it yeah (laughs) that's not a resolution (laughs) it was pretty disappointing it was unfortunately handled like an actual adult and there was no there was no pictures there was no wanted i can't believe no one wanted to go along with our there was no yelling there was no swearing there was no fighting it was just hey just take one if if anything they're for radio and then that's an extremely unsatisfying resolution yeah it's not a resolution to what was a, a situation i mean we'll see what happens today he theoretically could just be like 
cool guys. So do we have food out there again today? There is food out there today. But the the thing is, as Shannon said, it's okay if you take one, just don't take multiple. That's why this is not a resolution. Which I don't care for that. So I'm wondering if he's going to be scared away at all since he was caught in the act of, you know, what he was doing, or if he will now come by every day and take one every day. If he does, take a picture you numbskull. But now, but Shannon told him he can take one. He gave one. him the That's okay the to take one. Shannon ruined it by saying he can take one. So this is Shannon's fault. Is now what it you're is. Saying. Yeah. Okay. Now the guy thinks he can take one every single day. He's probably going to come by, put, come in disguises, take one each time, and he'll end up with the three he always had. So now he again, has the upper hand. What all of you are hearing is further proof of the greatness of me as a radio talent because I have somehow managed to overcome the <laughs> – the abject idiocy that is the staff of this show, otherwise known as the hashtag crew. I mean, Hembo, who's just not even really a human being, and Bubba and Cam, who are just like the bungling, you know, like detectives. And, we were and, setting and, up a great operation here. It would have been a lot foiled. better if they let us handle it instead of Seriously, Shannon. Seriously. Oh, yeah. They would not have been eating one a day us. if we were in charge, I'll tell you that much. He yeah, would not be coming back. I don't know that you're making the point you think you're making. Oh, but we're making the point we think we're making. But at any rate. You're making the wrong point. <laughs> at some point the today. Point we're making. Just talk to Jack. I came to a frightening realization, and that is we have someone else on our staff who might be too dumb to be in the hashtag crew. <laughs> and his name is Jack. Now, Jack is the director of printing operations for Get Up. And he is basically Hembo's. And first take. And first take. And first take. And, but Hembo has sort of adopted him. He's almost become like your pet, from mm-hmm. what I can tell. You just seem to what, – what, what, what Hembo has taken joy in doing, because I usually just tell Hembo stuff to do, you've just now taken joy in telling him what to do. That's right. So, uh, for example, last Friday when you came in and one of your hard-boiled eggs fell on the ground and it yeah. rolled underneath the chair, <laughs> yeah. I supervised Jack getting it for you with a yardstick. You did. So we have now – this is our like sort of hierarchy. That did happen. Yeah, it happened. And I bring in the egg and drop it. Hembo, I say, Hembo, do something. Hembo gets Jack, and the egg gets saved. And then I ate the egg. And then Hembo (laughs) ate the egg, because I wouldn't eat an egg that fell on the floor. Anyway, this morning, Hembo reports to me that Jack asked him a question. I would like you just to share with the audience the question Jack asked you. What time is it on the West Coast? (laughs) We're sitting around getting our show ready. We're doing notes, what? we're doing whatever it is, and Jack apparently asked, what time is it on the West Coast? That's not real, Now, before right? we give Jack the opportunity to respond, I just want to make another point that even Hembo does not yet know, because a few moments ago during the commercial break, Jack walked in here and was excited to be on the air with us, and I'm sitting here with my computer with all this stuff in front of me. Your computer is all there, your notes, everything in front of you. And there is a third microphone just sitting over here at the table with nothing in front of it. And he looked at me and said, should I sit over there? (laughs) And I thought to myself, what gave you that idea? What kind of mastermind genius must Jack be to have figured out that the the empty space behind the empty microphone in this room that is like five feet by five feet is the spot we would like you to be. I like this guy. That said, Jack, oh. how would you explain the events of this day? Well, first I'll start with the seat, right? I'm in a guest's house. I'm a guest to your house, right? So when you're a guest in somebody's house, it's courtesy, even if I know the answer. So let me ask you a question. <laughs> if you go over to someone's house and there are three chairs and there are people sitting in two of them, do you say, 
Should I sit here? No, I'd probably ask, is it okay if I sit? Okay, but that isn't what you asked me. You would sit on your lap. You asked me (laughs) if that was where we wanted you to sit. That was, you're not going to stand. It would be like if you came to dinner. This is a better example. If you came to dinner and we had three seats at the table set up, and two of them were occupied, and you said, would you like me to sit there? Because there isn't any question my answer to you was going to be, no, I want you to stand in the corner by yourself. Yeah. Clearly, you had to be on a microphone. Yeah. It's a courtesy ask. It's a courtesy ask. Okay, fair enough. Is so that what it was? Uh, it was it, we'll, we'll chalk that one up to a courtesy ask. <laughs> and, then, and then how about the uh, whole time zone discrepancy yeah. of this morning? Okay, I feel like the event was mischaracterized. How so? <laughs> it, it was an exact quote. But you can make quotes seem different than they are. So tell us, uh-huh. frame tell us how like this, this one was. Hambo says this quote as if it was incredulous, the, the way he frames it. <laughs> I was a, incredulous. A quote itself can't be incredulous. But okay. So what, what is it you actually said? So I, I did ask him what time it was on the West Coast. Why now, did you ask him that? I feel like the important context of this is that it, it's the morning. My good buddy Hambo is sitting next to me. Right. I'm... Hard at work, sorting out the scripts. I'm looking down. I don't have a clock in my near vicinity, okay. in my eyesight. So I figure, let me just shoot off a comment to Hembo. I need to know the time on the West Coast. Hey, Hembo, what's the time on the West Coast? But I let me know ask it's you, three hours. Why, I know it's a three-hour Why hour wouldn't you just ask him what time it was where you were currently sitting <laughs> and then subtract three hours? Instead of saying, Hembo, what time is it? Which would be a reasonable question. You say, Hembo, what time is it on the West Coast is... Ludicrous. I don't yeah. even know how no, else to listen, describe it. Admittedly, I, I was being lazy in the moment. Why did you need go. to know what time I, it was on the West I, Coast? I had business that needed to be handled you had with business somebody on, on the West Coast. Coast. <laughs> Who? Business. It was uh, like 4 a.m. He had to meet say. with Richard for his tax purposes. <laughs> what kind of business were you doing on the West Coast? Uh, it, it, it 4 was, o'clock it, in the morning. And the West Coast, this, by the way, was like 7 a.m. Eastern time. It was dopo business. <laughs> well, I think you're half right. All right. Anyway, Jack, thank you for this. This will not be your last appearance on this program. Smart. Thank you. Um, <laughs> smart. You didn't ask what time it was in Bangladesh. Yes, what time it was in Los Angeles. Yes, he did. He did. And now he won't tell us why. We could have used him to catch the cookie thief. The whole thing has gone now from stupid to shady, which is the best possible transition it could have made. If I find out Jack was stealing the cookies, this whole thing will have come full circle. We'll see you tomorrow. Thanks for listening to Greeny the Podcast. You can listen live each weekday morning at 10 Eastern on ESPN Radio. Or watch the show through the Watch tab on the ESPN app. Also catch Greeny on Get Up weekday mornings at 8 on ESPN. And also available wherever you get your podcast. Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal, and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today.